Excellent. Excellent. I mean, this is episode 25, so do you want to step up into your masculine and drop us in? You can't? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to for the first time. <laughs> Welcome to the Last Drinks podcast with myself, Mitchell Ford, and of course, the moose, Will Hitchens. <laughs> uh, today, we're actually going to go to the dark side a little bit. We're going to talk about depression and mental health as an overall thing, which... Uh, we're sort of struggling with it at the moment because we've got the giggles and we've been <laughs> laughing and it, it feels weird to, to go from that into a, a deeper, darker space. But um, it's something that uh, Will and I have both experienced over the years and as well as many others. Mm. So it seems appropriate to sort of talk about our experiences um, with poor mental health and depression. Um, and also, obviously, we're not... Uh, trained professionals in any way whatsoever we're mm. actually uh yeah it's just a, a lived experience that we've both had that we'll share and of course if anyone um needs treatment there's there's plenty of help out there so yeah um don't necessarily take what we say as gospel um there's there's plenty of people out there with uh, a lot more knowledge than us that will be far more helpful mm. so and this is all for liability issues so you don't sue us that's right because exactly you're not going to get anything <laughs> We're not. We're not. We don't have anything. Yes. I mean, we are. We are. We are drinking heaps normal beers on this episode. They're non non alcoholic. Um, heaps normal for a bunch of weird cunts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit. Str- I mean, we shouldn't really be drinking them because we're not heaps normal. But <laughs> uh, look, for this time we will. And of course, if you want to sponsor us, heaps normal. Our doors are always open. Mm. There is no door. Just wander in. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just, just come in. Just come straight in. All right. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Have a little taste. I, I haven't had one of these, I don't think. They're good. Mm. That is nice. I think I had them at... The first time I had them was at... Is they got them at Justin Lane. There's a Pete, that Italian place down in Pearly Heads. Oh, nice. So if Justin Lane, you want to sponsor us as well with giving us pizza. I mean, yeah. there's that option we'll, as well. We'll take food at this point. <laughs> we'll, we'll take anything. Um... So, yeah, I guess we'll just start out talking about, I guess, depression and what it really is. Um, We've got a little Wikipedia blurb here. So it's a a mental health disorder characterised by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities, causing significant impairment in daily life. Um, And it goes on to say it's a combination of biological, psychological and social sources of distress. Um, It can change brain function... Uh, including altered activity of the central neural circuits in the brain. Um, so you and I have both, I guess, at different times been diagnosed um, with depression. Yeah. I know I was told by a counsellor um, a couple of years ago that I'd had it. Um, whether I mean, personally, I think it's quite hard to diagnose from, from counselling. I don't think technically they can. I think mm. it was just more an indication based on questionnaires because they ask you questions like, how much time in the last two weeks have you felt like life has no meaning? Mm-hmm. How often have you been stuck in bed mm-hmm. in the last two weeks, et cetera? And I, I guess I, I think that based on that, it's kind of hard to give a straight answer yeah. because it's like often, very often or rarely, but it's yeah. like how often is often? Mm. You know, Is it okay to have one day a week where you're feeling flat or is that unusual? So I guess it's like any mental health thing, it's a scale. You know, Some people mm. can be extremely depressed where like it's describing they can't get out of bed um which i've i've met people that have experienced that where Mm. they literally cannot get out of bed yeah um versus maybe someone who's 
still functioning, but re- but really suffering in terms of their mood and, and their mm. outlook on life. So, I guess what's been your experience, Will, with depression, and when did, when was the first time that that you sort of felt that you had something not quite right with your with your mental health? I mean, for me, it was. I mean, we've mentioned I've mentioned this before. It was kind of a turning point in my life was um, having this relationship breakdown in my early 20s. And then that's the ramifications of that uh, led me at one point. I was, you know, I guess deeply depressed. It was mostly because I was ashamed of what I did, being unfaithful to um, my partner at the time. And it all sort of fell apart, understandably. And yeah, I just felt really low about myself and thought I was just the worst human being in the world. And I guess those thoughts just ruminate, they grow, they expand, they become all too consuming. And then I had one um, abysmal, because I, I, I always tap around it, but I mean, I guess there was one afternoon I thought I'd try and make a noose out of my guitar lead and try and throw it over the awning in the room I was uh, living in, I guess, as, as an attempt to um, have a permanent solution. And <laughs> I couldn't get it over the awning. Mm. So then at some point I just gave up and then I was just like, oh, i got to go to work. And then I just went to work and I never thought about doing it again. Um, but, but certainly the moods were low. I just everything was just like what's the point in everything i mean it it affected i was at university at the time it affected my uh productivity with university work and i believe i got sort of i guess even exemptions for the fact that i was going through a rough time they they took that into consideration with some um of my final uni work which to me i found funny because to me i just thought like that what, what, surely they could just think I was just bunging something on, but um, yeah. actually I was actually, I guess, dealing with a pretty severe depressive es- episode. And I guess my uh, family history, my family, my parents' background is medicine. My mother uh, has had her bouts with depression, her, I guess, for a lot of her life. And I guess eventually we was taken to doctors and I guess I was diagnosed with depression and then I would start taking antidepressants and then going to a therapist but um and then I was there on antidepressants for many years after that trying different ones but like I think I said on a previous podcast um since I was drinking heavily the entire time as a means of a solution to deal with I guess what I was experiencing and what I was feeling, which was just I didn't want to I didn't want to feel these things that I was feeling. I didn't know how to handle them or process them, so I'll just numb out and escape. And alcohol is a depressant. So if you're already depressed, alcohol's not gonna lift your spirits. It might temporarily, but then it'll just it'll just come crashing down yep. um the next day. You know, coming. You know, you have the come down, and when you have the come down, you think, oh, "I just want to get back up again." So then, yeah. it's a repeated cycle. Then I oh, will, I can try and get it back up with drinking, but it's never really the same. It it gets smaller and smaller, and then you don't really know how you struggle to know how to feel good anymore. Yeah, and so yeah, so that's that was kind of my, uh, I guess, introduction to 
uh, learning about mental health. And I guess a lot of the time I was, oh, I was just, it's just bullshit. I'll just, just ignore it and just whatever, try and get on with it. But um, I've had to take it into consideration. I still go through episodes at times these days, but I'm not on antidepressants anymore. And obviously cutting alcohol out entirely certainly helps, but it certainly wasn't the, um, you know, the end all be all. Like, I guess I'm kind of just at a point that, Maybe this is just something that that I'm going to have. I'm going to have to um, navigate and uh, deal with for the rest of my life. Just like someone with, you know, I guess a physical disease. I guess if they've got diabetes, if they've got um, you know any other sort of conditions. Yeah, it's similar like that in a way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. I think it's it's just like having a. It can be like having a physical ailment, as you say. And it's something that you need to monitor and keep on top of, which is mm. something we'll talk about a little bit later, um, is sort of the tools that we use nowadays to keep our mental health in check and mm. how things improve. Um, so we can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So what's been your sort of journey learning about being a depressed cunt? <laughs> <laughs> Self-described depressed cunts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, for me... I've probably learnt more now looking back because I think, I don't know if you've experienced this, but while you're going through it, because it lasts such a long time, you sort of think it's normal. Mm. You know, you don't think anything's wrong because you're kind of living it the whole time. And, yeah. Um, but now that I feel a lot better, I can look back and go, oh, yep, I can see where it started to go wrong. So I guess for me it was it was quite young. It was probably about 14 or so when I sort of had my first experience of thinking life was kind of meaningless mm. and that's kind of what I've battled with for a long time was I, I remember being young at my dad's place and um and for some reason something just hit me it's like well we're all gonna we're all gonna die one day mm. and I wasn't religious I didn't believe in heaven or hell or any other sort of thing so I thought well if we're just born and we die and then nothing happens what's what's the meaning of it all I guess I you know, I had a, had a pretty rocky childhood. I struggled to fit in. I didn't have very good social connections. Um, you know, my parents were split up and um, I was an only child and sort of had a bunch of different things happen. Um, as many people, you know, we all have shit happen in our lives. But for whatever reason, I seemed to just see no meaning in uh, moving forward. And that kind of came and went for a long time. Um, but then I started drinking when I was 14 as well. Mm. And so I think that's when alcohol kind of became my meaning for life because um, any time that I drank, I felt happy. It yeah. gave me something to look forward to. You know, everything would be like sweet, just get through to Saturday mm. or Friday and we can get on the piss even from that age. Yeah. Um, and I've talked about before how, you know, as soon as I drank, I kind of, it just took took straight away. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I guess life just, just went on where I was essentially binge drinking most weekends. Um, I was able to hide it from my parents fairly easily. Mm. Um and so, yeah, that kind of went on for, for quite a long time. And then um, I guess what it, what it looked like for me mostly was just, yeah, really negative, really negative outlook and um, having, uh, I guess, yeah, thoughts that I didn't want to live anymore. That's, mm. that's kind of what it, what it looked like on the inside. Um, I guess I didn't realise at the time, but um, my, my grandfather uh, took his own life when my mother was quite young. And so there's also like a family history of that and then I've got other family on that side that are also um, suffer from depression so mm. 
Um, there's probably some genetic factors there as well. Mm. And so, yeah, now in hindsight, I can see why I've had those thoughts and, and these moods and these patterns. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, I was probably 25 or 20, uh, I was 25 or 26 when I started to see um, a counsellor. And that was the first time that I was told that, um, yeah, you kind of have some serious depressive symptoms. Mm. You know, I wasn't diagnosed by a doctor, but mm. um, at that point. And then I took that on board and that's when I started to quit drinking. Uh, and then I've sort of talked about that a little bit before, but... What resulted was when I quit drinking, I did. I no longer had the medicine to cover up what I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I actually became a lot more depressed, especially yeah. because then I was socially isolating myself. Um, and then that was a real struggle. And then it wasn't until maybe a year after I saw the counsellor that, um, you know, and the whole time she was telling me I, I should be on antidepressants. You know, mm -hmm. after I think it was only a couple of months, she said that I seriously need to um, yeah, go to a doctor and, and speak to them about it. Mm. But I was really stubborn and I thought, no, nah, fuck medication. Like, I'm mm. not doing that. It's bullshit. Like, I can work this out myself. Um, but then it got to such a serious point of, I guess, thoughts of, uh, you know, not wanting to live anymore became so, became so serious mm. that, yeah, I, I had to take action mm -hmm. and go see a doctor and then I was put on, um, yeah, antidepressants. And to be honest, they were really, they were really good. Mm -hmm. and what I needed at that time yeah. because it was about a month later that all of a sudden all this anxiety went away mm -hmm. and it was like a curtain had been lifted and I was like, oh, so this is what everyone else feels like. <laughs> like this is what, this is what, like you're supposed to be op like optimistic yeah. about the future. Like, wow, okay, mm -hmm. cool. Um, and then so, yes, yeah, so I was on them for, uh, yeah, six or seven months and then I got off them about be five months ago now. Mm -hmm. So I've been off them. Um, and that was purely because my life circumstances had changed enough to allow me to come off them because yeah. I'd moved city, I'd had a new job, I'd had a solid exercise routine, um, you know, new connections, all that kind of thing that it was like, okay, now I'm in a safe space to, to wean off them. Yeah. And I did successfully and yeah, I'm a lot better now, mm. but that was kind of the, I guess what, uh, my background with depression is. Yeah. Would you say that? In some circumstances, taking antidepressants is a useful tool for some people, uh, but also it's probably not something that you may need to take for for the rest of your life. It may just yep. be a temporary uh, thing. Yeah, definitely. I think it depends on the person. Um, I personally, it's just, and once again, this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I think, like I've heard that suicidality is rated from sort of zero to 10. So, you know, it, I think, it, you know, I'm sure a lot of people go through little things like, oh, life would be easier if I wasn't here. Yeah. So that would be like, you know, earlier on the scale. Mm. And then eight, nine, 10 is like, you've got a plan in place. Mm. You know, you're about, basically about to do it. Yeah. You go to hospital mm. like that. So that's the scale. Um, it's a panic. It can be a panic button mm. for people that are, that are in danger. Yeah. I think that's what, that was just my experience because as the years went on, it became worse and worse to the point where it was like, hey, I need, like, I need mm. someone to stop this because it's yeah. getting dangerous. Mm. Um, I spoke to a good friend of mine who um, he's actually a doctor himself. And I remember one Sunday I just rang him in tears because, um, yeah, I was, I was just at a breaking point. And he kind of said to me that, um, that, yeah, I should seriously consider going to see a doctor. And, um, and also, and this is advice for anyone listening, that if, if you do become 
if you do have thoughts of self-harm or, or suicide or anything like that, that you can go to an emergency room anywhere in Australia and they will take you in immediately mm-hmm. and you'll be taken in and basically taken care of until that passes. So, mm. Which I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that they had that option. But, yeah, if anyone's ever in that headspace, just go straight to a hospital because it's not normal. It's a medical, it's a medical illness mm. just like any other. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he gave me that advice and, and that's what I think. I think... Uh, Antidepressants are a panic button mm-hmm. for people suffering from severe depression yeah. and allow you to they normalize you while you get your shit together. Mm-hmm. And, but then some people, they can't get their shit together. Or, and not, I sh- it's probably being a bit harsh saying get your <laughs> shit together. But like, you, you know what I mean? Like change your circumstances enough. Yeah. But, but some people aren't in a position that they can change their circumstances. Mm. Many people are trapped mm. in life. You know, with with whatever stresses they have, I was fortunate enough that I didn't have. I, well, I was able to change my circumstances, mm. so I'm very fortunate. But a lot of people aren't, and those people, unfortunately, may have to stay on. Um, well, I shouldn't even say unfortunately, but those people should stay on medication long term because there's nothing wrong with taking it. Um, the side effects are minimal, um, and if they enable you to live a, a normal, healthy life, then I absolutely advocate medication, mm-hmm. and I'm very glad that I took it in the end. Mm. Um, I'm off them now, but it doesn't mean that I wouldn't go back on them yeah. if, if things went pear-shaped again. Because mm. I guess, like I said, I used to take them. I mean, I took a whole bunch of different ones over the years. Um, I, I really don't have, I guess, a met- I don't really have probably a metric of good, I guess, a good report of using them when I was drinking because I just think that they just counteract and don't, they probably mm. just cancel each other out. Um, so when I got sober and then i was still depressed but then they were like all right we'll put you on new new antidepressants i mean there was a time where i was taking two different ones a day so i was taking one in the morning and one at night and you know i think that was for yeah just over two years and then like at one point they they all right we'll swap this one and put this one in so i've kind of there's kind of a point for me where i was just like i i think i'm probably maybe too reliant on expecting this to fully fix me like i think we've discussed i think a lot of these things are tools but they're not going to be like the end or be all like take this and then everything's going to be better no i think you're going to have to do this but you might have to do a bunch of different other things yep. as well and i guess where i'm at now like i haven't taken them in i guess over two years and it's probably the stigma i've created towards myself where i didn't want to be reliant on any sort of outsourced of substances. Um, I'm also under the understanding that everybody is different and everybody has to yeah. make up their own mind. Um, so I certainly don't have any interest in telling people, oh, this is, this is what you need to do. It's just like, well, look, I can just share my experience. This is how I feel about it now. Um, I'm kind of at the point where I would like to try and not have to use them and try yeah. and use the other avenues, I guess, whether it is things like therapy if it is things like regular exercise and you know getting outside going for a walk and sorting out my thoughts and how i get into those sort of dark spaces i always the the question here because i know i've done those um questionnaires and they ask you how your mood's going i mean have you ever had suicidal thoughts and i mean this is testament to how i 
often use humor as a coping mechanism you know you say have you had any suicidal thoughts lately and you're just like i mean i'd have one if if i if there was something i needed to do that i didn't really feel like doing yeah it's like oh fuck it'd just be easy to just fucking jump off the balcony yeah (laughs) it's just like a stupid yeah um whereas i think yeah like if you were to ask someone have you planned to do something like that um and someone can go into like if someone's just like yep this is what i'm gonna do it's just like oh all right let's yeah and that's the that's the type that that's where I mean medication can come in beforehand, but that's mm. like medication is absolutely necessary. Yeah, when it gets and it's, to that point. And it's in, I guess it's important to point out that like there's nothing wrong to put your hand up and you know take no, medication. Absolutely not. And no. Especially if if there is hope that it will pull you out of the rut that you're in. Mm. And I mean they say that it's like the number one killer of you know people from the ages. It's like fifteen to forty four in yeah. Australia. Like yeah. The number one thing that is that kills us is our choice to to check out. Yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah, it's scary. And I think, I mean, for me personally, I had you know, because the construction industry mm. is it's very it's common. You know, mm. it's a higher rate of uh, a suicide, one of the higher industries. And yeah, for me at the time when I was quite low, I had um, you know, in sort of a short period too. Uh, different co-workers take their own life not long after I was working with them and you know then it kind of puts a seed in your mind as well Mm. you know like oh well if they're doing it like maybe life isn't worth living yeah and then that kind of just feeds the fire a little bit Mm. because I know I've heard um, someone tell me that um, particularly in like remote communities when um, particularly I heard this story of an indigenous community where um, you know if one person takes their own life it off it can often set off like a chain reaction mm. of, of multiple people taking their own lives and it's a strange thing uh, like i've got no idea why yeah but it seems to happen and i guess i felt that as well because i think for me it was like what is what is the point of living you know mm. it was almost like existential mm. depression like yeah. i don't i just don't see a meaning of living it's hard work there's not much good happening mm. um and we're going to die anyway. So why mm. not just, you know, go to this place where I don't have to be here anymore? And mm. that's kind of like the the thing which kept coming back for me. Mm. Um, is that what it, is that similar to what you were experiencing? It's, I mean, there's, there's certainly similar similarities in what you just described. I mean, I when I've been in those sort of spots where like you just, you just want it, you just want to, you want it to stop or you want anything to stop what's going on and... I mean, for people who can't fathom someone getting to the point where they want to end their lives, I mean, I mean, I'd, I would be grateful because yeah. it's, it's, it's a heavy burden to carry around. And then especially, you know, the thought to do it, especially if you've on the surface appear to have a really good life. Yeah. Like ex- well. Externally, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I guess a lot of people who don't experience sort of mood swings and... Um, I guess disorders like depression or like anxiety, like there can be sort of shame attached to it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when I've been in those sort of spots where it's just, I just, this is just too much. I don't know how to get out of it. Well, I know one way how to get out of it, but it, you know, if you do it right, then that's it. Yeah. I just try and think that there, there is another moment coming and it, you know, it might not be better, but it might not be as bad as what you're going through right now. Mm -hmm. And the people around you definitely will be affected. Um, you know, we, I mean, a friend of mine had a relative of his recently take his own life and to see the effect it had on him and to, it was a, 
yeah, I mean, just just thinking about it again, it's a, it's a really rough thing. But and it comes back to the point. It's like, well, we are going to die anyway, so what's the rush? Yeah, yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. Exactly. We may as well enjoy it. Yeah. And I really like, yeah, what you said about no matter what your life looks like externally, and that's so common because I remember speaking to to someone and I would say how I was feeling, and it was kind of like, but look at your life you know mm. you're so blessed and i am i'm super blessed like i've been mm. super lucky in life um um but it didn't change anything no. you know it just kind of made me feel worse because it's like well i've got all this stuff and you know i've got a good job and and that kind of thing and but yet i still feel miserable mm. and it's a very strange thing um whether it's, whether it's yeah, yeah genetic factors or from things from my childhood you know it's it's hard to put my finger on exactly what what causes it but yeah. yeah it's almost like people uh don't acknowledge how you're feeling mm. um which can happen because yeah they, they only see the external the external world that presents itself and to be quick to say oh, what have you got to be depressed about which again th- to be to to have that thrown at me yeah. throughout the years and it, and it is what you said you just feel worse because then you just feel guilty for, for yeah. the way that you're feeling instead of I guess being acknowledged that okay, okay, you're feeling this way, and then trying to figure out a way or why that is, and try and navigate a way back out of the hole. Yeah. And physical, yeah, like it's not physical. It's mm. just it's all in your it's all in your head. Yeah. And the we I mean we were talking about before with like it can be a heavy weight to carry around to the point where it can affect you physically where like it is a struggle to get out of bed it yeah. is a struggle to leave leave your apartment it is a struggle to reach out and talk to someone cuz in your mind you're thinking oh, I'm just a burden on everyone you know yeah. like especially when you're depressed and for me you go on social media all this positivity that's been thrown out there and you see posts like, I mean, it always trigger me because it's like, I only surround myself with positive people. It's just like, oh, fuck, really? Okay. Like, yeah. I've got to be positive all the time. Like, you know, it's, um, can people be positive all the time? I mean, people I think can be optimistic. Yeah. You know, they can admit, okay, you know, it's things could be better, but you can always look on the bright side of life, I guess. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think sometimes with the optimism, pessimism thing is it's like, um, because, I mean, do we really control our thoughts? Mm. You know, like, I, don't, I don't think we do. I think they kind of come in, think we maybe think we control them, but a lot of the time we don't control most of our thoughts. And I think the optimism, pessimism thing comes from, I suppose, the chemistry of the brain or, or mm. whatever, because I found that when I took antidepressants, it did make me more optimistic. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't choose to have more optimistic thoughts. I took a medication and I had more optimistic thoughts. Mm. So, and that was really quite changing for me because I had a yeah optimistic outlook for like one of the first times. Mm. And I guess that would be an easy way to summarize depression is it's really having a negative outlook mm. um, on life. So, um, yeah, for anyone that's if you don't see any meaning in life or you have a negative outlook, you're having suicidal thoughts, you know, definitely go see someone. It's not normal. Mm. Um, you're unwell, you mm. know, and it's not your fault if you feel that way. It's, you know, it's not your fault that if you feel like you don't want to live anymore and there's plenty of help out there. Um, it can take a while to, to become more content and find more meaning, but mm. it can happen with time. And like you said, 
just keep just keep fighting just keep yeah. living you know like um yeah just keep one foot in front of the other and things things do get better well at least for me you know things things got better mm-hmm. you know there's a and and like you said i think in one of our previous podcasts it's kind of like a, a roller coaster a little bit you know you'll feel better you start to get better and then you might have you know, then you drop a little mm. bit and then you start to feel better again. Mm. But then slowly, if I look now at my mental health compared to how I was two years ago, like I'm far healthier. Mm. Even though during that period, I've had bouts of, of highs and lows, as an overall marker, I'm a lot healthier yeah. mentally now and happier. Um, I guess that leads into what I want to talk about next, which is with the, I guess, I mean, for me, especially it was like the meaningless of existence yeah and we're talking about what is the meaning of living and, and moving on and i guess well, unfortunately i don't yeah. think there's one meaning for, no, for no. one person oh no there isn't yeah <laughs> i agree I th- but i think y- you need to find your own meaning in yeah. life there's no there's no objective meaning of life especially if you don't have the confidence in yourself to believe that you know to find your own meaning so then you try and find or use someone else's meaning yeah which can yep. be easier because it's like, oh, well, I don't know. I'll just start doing this because this person did this. I'll start working, doing this career because, or well, my parents did this. I'm going to start doing, you know, I'm going to be in this relationship because oh, well, all the people around me are in relationships. So, I mean, that's what I have to, you know, I'm going to yeah. raise kids. I mean, it's, you know, we're, a, I guess, as, <laughs> as, as a species of human beings, we, we're quite advanced in the yeah. fact that we have this, constantly pondering the earth the, the meaning why for all of it yeah. it's just like how did we end up here why are we here yeah um and there'd be there'd be people who could simply just like oh, i'm just here to have a good time i'm just here to yeah <laughs> just, just work make some money raise my family maybe have a couple of couple of beverages with the boys on the weekend and then that's it yeah and if because yeah. i guess a lot of um, depression comes out of a lot of constant thinking, a lot of overthinking, just overanalyzing everything. Mm-hmm. And if your your mind just doesn't stop, and then it goes into in, into dark places, and then those thoughts just just grow, grow, and grow, and grow. Depression can also make you self isolate because then, yeah, like you're in a negative space. You don't want to be around people because you don't want to bring people down. I mean, that's been my experience. Like if I'm in a in a bad spot like I'm less inclined to want to reach out to people because yeah. yeah, you just think you're going to bring people down, but then yeah. being in communities, you realize that no, those people lift you back up. That's right. Yeah. I think sometimes when you feel low, it's, you know, maybe sometimes have some alone time, but if it's really getting dark, it's actually being with others that can mm. really help. Even though, like you say, you might not feel like it, but it seems to be a good solution mm. is hanging out with others. It can be a real challenge for just, yeah, just reaching out to a friend or, calling one calling like lifeline or um, things like that to just reach out for help to go down to the emergency ward yeah Um, absolutely but you know there can be a lot of challenges in life that will seem like really difficult to do but on the other side of it will be the benefits that you'll reap yeah exactly Um, and i think um you know the burden that if someone takes their own life, the amount of burden that it puts on the family, it's, it's mm. really hard to express. You know, yeah. like my mum, you know, my mum's father died, I'll be, yeah, over 50 years ago, you know, but my mum still grieves for him mm. all the time. You know, she talks about him all the time. She still gets emotional 50 years ago, mm. you know, and then, um, 
yeah, and then some of that's been passed down to me, I guess, through mm. through my mum's grieving and, and different things. Um, but yeah, that's it's the thing is just yeah, keep living because yeah. it's the, the amount of pain that you'll put on others um, is is really a lot, yeah. even though. You know, life may seem difficult. It is. It is important to keep moving forward. And, and like I said, it's. I think it's. It can for me anyway. It really helped for me to find meaning mm. in, in what I was doing. And I mean, even so, like I mean, right now, th- doing this podcast between you and me, this is one of the most meaningful things I've ever done. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm actually helping other people mm-hmm. in some in some way. Yeah. It's like um, giving back and serving to others, which is a thing that I, I read recently in in a book called. Um, Think Like a Monk by mm-hmm. Jay Shetty. One of the main parts of the book is about how, uh, you know, the, the things in life which provide the most meaning is when you're serving other people. Yeah. And so if there's any way in life that you can do charity or even just help your direct family and friends, improve your relationships, um, impart advice on others where you might have a lived experience, it, mm. it's, um, that can be really meaningful. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of books out there which can, can really help as mm. well. Like I found... Um, yeah, Think Like a Monk was a really good one. But the one that really kick-started, I guess, my journey from being quite negative to really thinking about who I want to become was a book, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. And he kind of outlines 12 rules, surprisingly, um, of you know how to live a life and how to find meaning. And um, I think it seems to be this common thing in different books that I've found is that... that um, it's about finding a subjective meaning for yourself mm. because there is no objective meaning. There is no single meaning. Yeah. If there was, life would be very fucking boring. Because <laughs> <laughs> like imagine if we all had to earn a million dollars and then you've, you know, you've completed the meaning for life yeah. and everyone would be just trying to get a million dollars and then life would be kind of, you know, oh, it's finished, now what? So yeah. it's, it's kind of good that there is no one meaning of life. But um, I think as depression you know as i came out of my depression it was really important to uh find some meaning Mm. to really help guide me through through life yeah i mean finding finding a meaning and finding your why which has been mentioned a few times by a few guests is that'll keep that'll get you up in the morning that'll get you going this is why i'm here and this is my meaning and this is and the communities we've been there's always talk about mission and purpose and i mean it keep it'll keep you going and Mm. you know finding meaning in life and, and you yourself have to find it. Yeah, exactly. Which can be, yeah, which is difficult. I mean, some people could yeah. go their whole lives and not fucking find meaning yeah, in their life. Yeah, sure. And just, because, I mean, that, what's that saying? I mean, it's, if, if, you nev- if you never find meaning in life, you'll just seek out pleasure. Something like that. Something like that. Like, if you don't find purpose, you'll just seek out pleasure. Maybe it's just for us depressed cunts. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe it's just because, you know, we have a, probably a more negative outlook than than some that it's important for us to find a meaning because mm. yeah i think like like for example my like my father he's like one of the happiest people i know like mm. he's so enthusiastic not much bothers him um and he's lived a really great life mm. but i wouldn't particularly say it's been you know with some deep meaning and you know he's chased some deeper purpose necessarily yeah. but, but he seems to live happily yeah and so you know there's a lot i think there are people like that so mm. it's, i don't think it's necessarily appropriate for everyone i guess we're just talking about people that have challenged with the idea that life's not worth living mm. that's, the, that's probably where it's more appropriate to really spend time finding meaning yeah and i guess we back to we talked about the acts of service which is 
I guess, part of the end of completing the 12-step program in Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous is the aspect of going out and helping another addict. And, yeah, there is a good deal of purpose and fulfillment from just helping others. And that's also other... Because, I guess, with us, with addiction, it's a pretty selfish... Um, path because you're just thinking about your need, your own needs. You're not thinking about anyone else. How how can I get my next fix? Yeah. Who can I cross? Who can I who who can I you know betray to just get what I want? And I guess the idea when you're in recovery and you get sober is to flip that and say, well, now you need to go out and help others. Yeah. And then voila, I guess this is where this has come <laughs> yeah. from. So yeah, yeah. And I think we're lucky that we we're able to do this because it really is. Is very meaningful to me anyway. Um, and I look forward to growing it even mm. more to try and help other people out there. Um, so we've sort of covered, um, I guess, the impact that depression's had on us and um, f- trying to find meaning, finding our why. Mm. So nowadays, let's talk about um, the tools that we use mm-hmm. to maintain, I guess, a positive mental health because... It's an ongoing battle, you know. There's never, you don't. I don't think it's at least for me. It's not. Uh, it, the job's the job's never over of maintaining my mental health. No, because uh, if I don't, it can go down quick. Yeah, like in America, where I started to drink again, eat shit food, stopped exercising, stopped any practice, it came back. Yeah, yeah. really quick. Mm. You know, it's like so. It's important for me to constantly stay on top. Mm. of of my mental health and always checking in um i don't know we share similar ones but what's what's some tools that you use uh, for mental health and maintaining it one of the things i cut out i remember it, it i mean it came up in covid times the spicy cough times was the the sorts of content i was consuming a lot and i guess to be fair during that time you know a lot of us were in our homes watching the news, going on social media. It was a very difficult time for a lot of people. Just, I mean, I mean, the first thing is I, I rarely watch the news this day, these days. It's, I mean, I was at my parents for dinner the other night and, you know, they had the news on and that's like the only time I'm ever, like I ask them what's going on in the world for the most part and then when my housemate mentioned something, some world news happening, it's like, oh, okay, because I just... Because the news is always negative. It's never, uh, it's rare to find anything positive from the news. And then it, it has an effect on you. Because, you know, I guess we think about probably 50, 60, you know, before televisions were around, you know, if the news was just in newspapers, well, it's just on the street and you either pick it up or you don't. But now, now these days we are bombarded constantly with image, you know, news and from our phones, from the television, from radios, from, yeah, billboards, everything. It's, just been bombarded with that so i noticed that i you know didn't feel as i guess anxious and just upset and depressed about the world and just because you know i was just being constantly shown of how fucked up it is yeah which it kind of is at times but um, (laughs) you know but so that was one thing and then yeah like social media just i guess the things that i would see in my feed um i also had a better grasp of not reacting straight away to things that triggered me or got that pissed me off and stuff like i was able to sort of 
eventually just look at it and then just sort of disregard it. So, um, because it was just like, well, it's just something on the internet. Just, you know, you don't really need to react to it because then it's just going to create those emotions in your body that probably aren't beneficial for you. So, and then just, I guess, if there's people on your social media feed that aren't, I mean, I talked about this before, like, I guess that I had sort of issue with, with like, you know, people who were sort of, oh, I only want to see positive people or like yeah. hang around positive people. So it's kind of a, it can be a conflict of interest because sometimes I have, everyone has bad days, but I guess it may, that makes people more real. But if someone's just, just everything's just shit and just yeah. drains you and you're just like, fuck, I don't want to look at this anymore. And you can yeah. just um, cut them out. I mean, my, I guess like if Instagram's an example, because I like art and photography, most of my feeds just creative art and photography for the most part. Yeah. Um, and but things that I do is I mean it, I mean for the starters would just be exercise is and I do it I'm kind of at a point where I do like getting up early getting up early and doing exercise first thing in the morning just getting it done straight away so then you got the rest of the day to do whatever and you don't have to think about oh I have to do it in the afternoon because I guess depending on people's work schedules I can um that can differ but I like yeah just I do prefer getting up early and starting the day exercising um, and then just I guess for the most part eating relatively healthy however that's defined that's another thing that can be yeah defined depending on who you talk to you know yeah. so I think in a healthy all round diet does make a big mm, difference for sure yeah like if you were eating McDonald's every day yeah um, oh but I'm getting my calories in so it's like I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, You're not really getting many vitamins, minerals, nutrients through that food and it's highly processed and yeah. a lot of oils and mm. sort of a- um sleep. So I mean, especially when I quit drinking, like my sleep improved tremendously. So getting a good night's sleep is yeah. always um beneficial. And I mean that I've heard this saying like the opposite of addiction was connection. So yeah. being well connected. Mm-hmm. So which can be difficult and then especially if you already have connections but those connections aren't in line with sort of what you want anymore to find new ones can be a bit of a challenge because on one hand like you want to strive to be better but the other other hand you are attached to these group of people you might have known them for however long you know you don't want to feel like you're abandoning them abandoning abandoning them yeah i got there (laughs) (laughs) But again, I mean, that's just back to obviously environment. But um, yeah. yeah, so I've just, I mean, certainly exercise, um, eating most of the time, uh, good food that you know is going to be good for you and uh, getting outside, certainly like staying indoors. It's any wonder like with a lot of these corporate jobs where it's nine to five and you're just in an office at a cubicle yeah, one, no wonder most people would be depressed. <laughs> like, yeah, if you yeah. get half an hour of sun a day to go sit outside and eat some fucked up looking fucking meal. That <laughs> Microwave meal. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. Also, and also enjoy, I guess, yeah, the simple things like getting in the ocean, just yeah. an ocean swim, getting out into nature, going out and doing like going out into the hinterland, yeah. um, whatever's at your disposal and then figuring out what, what activities you like doing and, uh, regularly doing them also helps yeah as well yeah they're a bunch of good ones there yeah um 
I mean, I share, I share most of those, I think. Mm. Um, definitely the exercise is a big one. I know mm. that if I stop that altogether, yeah, yeah I drop off yeah. pretty quick. Um, and obviously staying sober is a massive one and, mm. and maybe something we haven't really talked about before, but a lot of the reason Will and I don't drink is because we do have or we, we have a tendency to be depressed, I guess. Mm. Um, so that's why it's, you know, it's quite dangerous for us to drink because it can introduce a lot of problematic things. Um, and, you know, and alcohol really affects depression in a lot of ways, I think, because it really affects sleep. Mm-hmm. We've talked about before, even one standard drink before bed, instead of getting six to seven to eight REM cycles, you're getting two to three. Yeah. So your quality of sleep is reduced by over 50%. It's mm. significant. And, you know, if you're doing that for a long period of time, you're seriously affecting your sleep, which affects everything. Mm. Sleep is so important. Um, and then obviously drinking affects your fitness. Mm. Um, you, you, if you drink a lot, you're going to gain a lot of weight. Mm. You know, it's a lot of empty, empty calories. Empty calories, you know, and it's healthy body, healthy mind. It's mm. an old saying, but like, yeah. you know, it seems to be the case. Maybe not, maybe the 80-20 rule, but, you know, mm. 80% of people that, are, that are, have a really good fitness level and a really great body, you know, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if they're all feeling really great about life. Mm. You know, it's, I don't think it's a, a coincidence. Um, so, yeah, staying off the booze is a, is a massive one for me. In the early stages, um, I was in therapy. I know you, you were too. Mm. I, I saw a psychologist for the first time when I was in my early 20s um, and then saw her for a short period. Um, I personally found she wasn't that helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I stopped which for anyone wondering, I think if you have a, a counselor or a psychologist that you're not clicking with or you're not uh, mm. bonding with or there's something not right, you know, absolutely find someone else. Yeah. You've got to find the right one. Mm. That can be a challenge in itself, yeah. Like and that can be, you, absolutely. Because I've had a couple over the years. I mean, the last one I had was good, but it, it did kind of get to a point where I, I felt like I was just paying someone to talk to. Yeah. And I guess as we were going through the session... And we were finally getting to like, all right, we're, we're getting somewhere. Time's up. Give me some money. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah, so, cheers. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, my first one, this is, so I was telling her, I think, you know, I'm drinking too much because I was getting super pissed every Saturday night mm. at the footy club and then told her about everything. And she goes, well, I don't think you have to quit drinking. Just stick to the beers. <laughs> and now and at the time I was like yeah she's right she's right but now I look back and I say that's super fucked up yeah. like that's so uh, you know like because then the second counsellor I saw it was like the first session and she said yeah you've 100% got a problem with alcohol yeah you know, it was um, and so counselling is really good as well I think for me I found a good one I was seeing her for about a year and yeah counselling is just an experience where you talk about what's on your mind and, and they can provide advice on how to change your life circumstances mm. and how you're feeling and teaching you things like mindfulness um, and, yeah, just, I suppose, guiding you into how to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that was that was my experience with therapy. I stopped after about a year and I haven't seen anyone since, but I, I don't necessarily feel the call to, mm-hmm. to do it again. Um, not to say that I would never do it again, yeah. but right now it's not something I engage in. Um, so, yeah sleep exercise diet and then like you said connection is a massive one finding mm. finding your tribe finding people that you can get along with mm. um and finding yeah people that you can trust and that you can support them and they can support you which is probably one of the most difficult mm. things to do you know it's, yeah. it's, 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 it can be quite a challenge mm. well i guess because we're in the digital age 
a lot of relationships are online mm-hmm. during the the spicy cough season yeah. that's what a lot of relationships were because we couldn't see each other in person and there is definitely a difference in connection face to face in person than than yeah. being online and i guess what i've been exploring recently and it, it's it's a good start because you're knocking two birds with one stone is going trying out new gyms yeah so i go to go to these group functional fitness gyms where they just have you know you go and they just got classes well you don't have to think about what you're going to do when you get there that's always I've, I've kind of enjoying the those sorts of classes because yeah i just go up i go there and i don't have to decide what i'm doing it's yeah. already programmed there it's like this is what you're doing we're going to destroy you it's like all right and then but then you're also meeting um you know a good group of people also you know working out and might have similar interests then you start up conversations and you meet people that way that's how i've found making connections uh easier especially in sobriety because i don't really like going to bars and clubs especially like to meet people it's not it's just not really an environment that i feel I guess comfortable in most of the time whereas when i'm in these whether it's these uh communities we've got around here outside of the gym or just um in the gym yeah like you just kind of put in a space and it's just like okay it's a group class i'm usually never with a partner i I go on my own and then it's like all right just pick just find your partner and then it's just like all right do you want to be partners what's your name and then it just starts that way that's right and people in gyms uh, are far more likely to be respectful and adopting of someone who doesn't drink mm. you know because a lot of the time they probably don't either or if they do it's not so much yeah and so i think yeah it's a good one i think gyms obviously you and i are biased towards a gym because that's kind of how we met and yeah. we enjoy that but you know it can be anything it can be a chess club it can be dragon boat racing which mm. is what my counselor recommended to me <laughs> like you can be and, so random oh but. so random but but and and one thing that I'd really like to, to point out is um, just something that happened to me um, is that before I moved to the Gold Coast, uh, you know, my count, and I said to my counselor, I'm, I want to move up. She kind of said, you know, doing a geographical move, it won't fix your problems. Your problems are just going to come with you and, mm. and all this. And one of the major problems I had back in Adelaide was that I'd been going out and getting pissed and blackout drunk for such a long period of time and I must have stumbled and seen so many people. I used to have really bad social anxiety about going to new places or even like large shopping centres because I was always fearful I was going to see someone from school or someone from like a previous workplace or something like that. Mm. And, it, and it really was, um, it really confined me there. And then, and then so I had that problem, told my counsellor and she told me to stay. She said, don't move. Um, but then, of course, I moved anyway. Mm. And it was a lot easier for me to try out new things without the fear of running into people mm. that I might already know from Adelaide. Yeah. So for anyone out there, I know there's a saying that is like, you know, moving, your problems will come with you. Well, I think for me, that's bullshit because mm. moving actually fucking helped me a lot and yeah. my life is way better now. So don't be afraid to, you know, if you're in such a dark place that you feel like your life might end and shit's hectic, you hate your job, you hate everyone, or not necessarily hate everyone around you, but everyone around you is unhealthy and peddling your unwellness, don't be afraid to make a change in your life. Mm. Because what's worse, staying in that place where you're slowly going to wither away, degrade and become worse and worse as time goes on, or 
pack up, move someone somewhere else, and try and start again. Mm. Because worst case, worst case scenario, you can always come back. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid to move somewhere else, try something new, um, because it might get you out of what you're going through. Yeah, I mean, heaps of people move away from their hometown. Um, yeah. I'm probably an exception to that because I'm born and raised on the Gold Coast, but which is a rarity around here because it most is, of yeah. the people, most of the <laughs> yeah, people you meet. You're a rare uh, breed. Yeah, are not from here. And, um, yeah, it can be an eye-opening experience to live somewhere else. And um, I've considered it over the years, but, yeah, I always just end up back here. Um, it is a beautiful spot, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty just, great, you know, yeah. it's got its perks, yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty good spot. I mean, that's no one to everyone. A lot of people want to move here. And if we bring it back to exercise, because... Um, yeah, a lot of people don't like the gym or they don't like working out. And yep. even if it's as simple as going for a walk. Yeah, walking's a great start. Yeah, you just go for a walk to clear your head. I mean, that's how it, when I left rehab and then started my health and fitness journey was just going for a walk for 15 minutes. Yep. And it was just, yeah, it was just, oh, I'm going to go for a walk for 10 or 15 minutes. And then you come home and like, okay. And if you think, oh, that that wasn't much, it's like well, it was more than it was more than nothing. Mm, <laughs> it was fifteen exactly, minutes, yeah. and then you could come back the next day and go, well, let's go for twenty minutes, and then just grow from there. Like it's um, it's not it's not a running race. Like you're not going to be a CrossFit champion in <laughs> in you know after one session. Yeah, and or just even with exercise, just find um, forms of exercise that you enjoy. And then it comes back to, well, I don't know what sort of exercises I enjoy. It was just like, well, then try things and yeah. see what you, you can do. And then it comes back to joining it. If it's like sport, so, social sport groups. Yeah, another great one, yeah. Hidden, yeah, ticking two boxes off that we've suggested. You know, you go do a bit of exercise and then you connect with some people yeah. as well. Yeah, and exactly. Because I guess like with all these, I mean, we come and call them back tools to improve your mental health because, yeah, it's kind of like you have to do bits and pieces of all of them oh, like you can't yeah. do like just one and expect it all to yeah um yeah be all fixed because yeah like i had that mentality when i quit drinking i thought that everything would fix itself because i thought this was the one thing i needed to do was just quit drinking and it all sorted itself out and it was just like no you didn't all that was just what was just one mountain i had to climb to the peak and then i got to the peak and then there was another mountain in front of me yeah. that i had to go climb so and yeah, like, I mean, like with exercise, there are times where I'm just like, I'm fucking only doing this because I know if I don't, I'll feel worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is cynicism, but you know. Um, We're cynical cunts. Yeah. So being proactive with any of these tools, exercise, going for a walk, getting outside, but getting the sun on your skin, maybe not for too long for yourself. No, no. Sunscreen, obviously, <laughs> for all those rangers out there. Um, eating food, nutritious food that you know is going to be good for you and yeah just in, yeah, environment connection also helps as well and then also just removing things that deep down you know aren't beneficial and yeah. you know I mean for us it was alcohol I mean there's any number of things about alcohol smoking and yeah just if you're on social media, the social media content you consume, if you're watching television, watch YouTube, this, what's the sort of content that you're consuming? What's it doing for you? Is it inspiring you? Is it motivating you? Is it just making you think everything's shit and fucked and um, 
plenty of plenty of tools there at your yeah, disposal. Absolutely. And get on with it. <laughs> That's it. Life goes on, and uh, keep living. But uh, yeah, because like I said, yeah, if we've you know, depending on who you speak to, we've only got one life. You may, and if we are going to die anyway, what's the rush? Let's yep. give it a good red hot go. Live the fuck out of it. Yeah. You know, give it a go. But uh, great chat today, Will. Got pretty deep and dark there, but yeah. um, hopefully it gives benefit to some people and just realize that, uh, yeah, if you, if you feel unwell, just, just get some help. Um, it's not normal to be depressed in terms of, you know, you shouldn't allow it to go on for too long because it's mm-hmm. very dangerous. But yeah. um, thank you for listening, everyone. It's a good episode. I'm Did- enjoying wrapping it up. I think I'm gonna. Done. I think you I'm gonna take this from here. I think you're you're in the back seat. You've you've had the first twenty four. Yeah. Maybe I'll take the the next. Oh, I thought you meant that I'll go travel and then you can't, oh, you stay here. No, I'll I'll travel and do the openings and endings. <laughs> um, I'll pre-record them and send them yeah. to you. Yeah. Go go on long form travel as well. That also <laughs> will help your mental health. Yeah, it will. All right. Excellent. We'll see you next time. Last drinks podcast. <laughs> Don't sound too excited. <laughs> We're meant to be depressed, so yeah. Thank you. <laughs>